It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Who will win the starting tight end job in Dallas? All that more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Locked Network, your on. team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. We are continuing with our previews as we get ready for training camp. Today, we are talking about the tight end position, which is going to have a lot of change from last year. So, Landon, let's start with this. How much do you think the Cowboys will miss Dalton Schultz uh, kind of going into this year? I think it's more than people uh, are are expecting. You know, I, I think that's the thing that I, I, I keep trying to tell folks that as excited as we should be uh, about what we've got at the position and, and the number of players and, 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 you know, the opportunities for, for multiple different starters, multiple different players, trying to get all of them on the field at the same time. Those are big shoes that still have to be filled for Dalton Schultz who walked out the door. I mean, he had almost 90 targets last year, uh, you know, and, and, and I think, that was sort of a down year for him. Previously, he had a really big year in uh, 2021. So I, I think that as excited as the, as the Cowboys fans should be about the future of the position, uh, there's a lot of, that, that, that of product, you know, true production that walked out the door uh, and, and is playing for Houston right now that the Cowboys you know, have to fill. So it, when, whenever you're considering some of these, oh, I like Ferguson, I, you know, I like Schoemaker, you know, honestly, it's going to be a, a concerted effort by all these guys just to kind of fill the shoes of, of the guy that, that isn't playing for the Cowboys. Yeah, we're going to talk about what we expect from the tight end position this year, kind of the future of that position as well. But let's first talk about what we saw last year. And frankly, the tight end room was one of the strengths that the Cowboys had last yeah, year with absolutely. Dalton Schultz. Uh, pretty pretty reliable. You had Jake Ferguson as that number two option. Peyton Hendershot was on the field a bunch. Even Sean McEwen got on the field. Uh, what would you or how would you grade the Cowboys' tight end play from last year? I, I mean, I think it was a strength of the team. I, I would give it an A minus, maybe. Uh, I think the fact that the Cowboys had three and really four players that they felt comfortable kind of deploying in a bunch of different formations and using it a whole bunch of different ways. Uh, it gave the team a lot of versatility, especially at a point when uh, the team struggled to, to kind of find stability at the wide receivers position. They were able to produce big plays with, with uh, Hendershot and with Ferguson. 
Um, you know, and, and obviously Schultz was a main cog of the offense ne- only next to CD lamb. So uh, I think that you look at the versatility uh, at the bottom un- underneath uh, and then on top, a guy that, you know, was a, was a, was pro bowl, you know, play, producing at a pro bowl level. Um, I think that you see that a, a, a team and a group that was the, you know, one of the highlights of this offense last year. We should talk a little bit more about Dalton Schultz because last year he was the player that, I mean, you can make an argument that he was the most trusted receiver from by Dak Prescott, right? Even more yeah. so than CeeDee Lamb because there was a yeah. lot of situations on, you know, third down in the you know red zone and the goal line situations where that's the guy that Dak wanted to get the ball and just not having him kind of going forward. He was – he was the reason why this tight end room was so productive last year. So I'm with you. I think the Cowboys are going to miss him more than you think. Yeah, and I think that you know he got a kind of a a little bit of a bad rap at some point for some folks. Uh, you know, just that never gave him an, uh, a chance originally, and 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 I think that felt slighted that 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 he was able to produce or or felt like that Dak you know, produced all of, all of his uh, production or was the, he was a byproduct of Dak, that, uh, I guess to say. Yep. And, and I think that, that, you know, that may be the case to a certain degree, but I, I think that Dalton Schultz at the very least provided you with a very solid floor of production oh, yeah. for these, for the years that he was the starter. Um, and, and I think that's not even speaking to uh, how he was as a blocker, which I think, you know, a lot of people, you know, talk ill about, but I, I honestly think that he was a pretty decent blocker. At different he got points. better. He got yeah, so and, much better. And, and I think that that's something that, that you know, we're going to need to see these young guys kind of improve to even get to his level, honestly. Yeah, I would agree. Um, let's talk about how the, the rookies played last year. Jake Ferguson, uh, modest yardage totals, I think under 200 receiving yards. Yeah. But it seemed like whenever they targeted him, he made some big plays. Same with Peyton Hendershot. I, I keep coming back to the Jacksonville game. I think it was the first or second drive of the game. They threw basically just a, a ball – you know, in the corner of the end zone, Hendershot made an awesome play. How did you think the rookies played? You know, I think there were a lot of what was really impressive was how uh, well the offense was, you know, kind of fit for their, for their skill sets. You know, I I think you, you, you clearly had a guy in Ferguson that uh, you felt like if you, if you needed to give him a a pass and and a dump off or, or a crossing route that he was able to turn the ball up field and then, you know, make some, some yardage after the, after the catch and, and and was able to produce that way. Uh, And then, and then there was definitely times too, that you saw him able, you know, kind of make some, some catches a little bit further down the field. And then you had another guy in Hendershot who you could bring in and he was still, you know, valuable enough that if you needed to, you could bring him in as a blocker. Uh, as, as a third tight end, but then obviously he, he could go down the field and, and catch yep. balls above the rim and, and, and make plays that, you know, really Schultz doesn't even make so much. So uh, I think that the thing that, again, that we keep coming back to then McEwen, I think was the guy that kind of filled in all the gaps, right? Yeah. Like he, he could block, he could, he could line up in the, in the backfield and play. And he play just gives you a really it. solid floor as that, yeah, you know, third exactly. tight end. If you need yeah, that. exactly. You know, so it allows you to have those two guys, especially Hendershot, uh, on the roster because you know you need third tight ends to kind of fu- function as a blocker and, and though Hendershot could do that that wasn't necessarily his game but but because you're able to have him on the field you could still send him down the down the field and he could catch you know deep yep. passes and and I think that you know as they start to improve you're going to see those, them kind of fit in those roles a little bit more they obviously will get more rounded 
but I think Hendershot will kind of remain a, a guy that you potentially could be sit, seeing, you know, run up a seam, uh, yeah. catch a deep end. Late, you know, those are the kind of things that I think Hendershot will will kind of continue to be good at. How much can we expect these two tight ends, Jake Ferguson and Peyton Hendershot, to improve in year two? Because I know this is a position that takes a while. Do you do we see that yeah. improvement happen in year two, or is it usually a little bit later on in their careers? You know, with with tight end, it, it's you know, well because you're playing wide receiver and offensive line at the same time. You know, it, it's it, it is it's it's a hard position to learn. Uh, I think part of the reason that the Cowboys like these Big Ten uh, uh, offensive tight ends is that they come in, you know well-rounded in their games you know they're, they're not these aren't the guys that like come in as like pass catcher like only slot receivers, right? yeah they're, they're basically just glorified big slot players these guys have played in line they've seen that what happens in the run game they know how to do those sort of things so i do think that there is still continuing to be a learning curve but i think that, that it helps that they've they've done the kind of hard to learn stuff the trenches stuff the gritty part uh and then pass catching is yeah. something that you know it's about being an athlete and running routes so i guess the, the question now becomes how much can they improve now that they've ingested, you know, what they've what they've experienced last year with the with the reps and the targets that they got, mm-hmm. and they you know they've they both experienced what I think we, we could call some success, you know, and so yeah. we we you and I have talked about on this podcast and everydayers have heard us talk about all this situation where young players getting the opportunity to get on the field and then see themselves on tape and understand the, the areas that they need to improve the next time yeah. they get the opportunity to be on the field and what that does to kind of, you know, quantum leap their game. I, I think that that's, that's something that we could see with not even not both of these guys, but one of these guys who really yeah. has taken in a lot of what they, what their experience was on the field and allowed that to kind of help them progress to take their game to another level on top of the fact that, you know, the second year jump is just yeah. something that exists and, and that we're going to see them take. Just really quickly back to the big 10 part and why the Cowboys love these big 10 tight ends. Yeah. It doesn't mean because they draft tight ends from Indiana and Wisconsin and Michigan, that they're going to come in and be really good blockers right away. Yeah. But I do think they are used to the physicality that an NFL tight end has to, you know, has to see on a down to down basis where, Listen, I love the Big 12 and I love the SEC, but if you're a slot tight end and you're basically just never seeing press coverage and you're never having to take on a defensive end, it can be a huge transition when you get to the NFL because it's you're basically playing a whole new position. That's just not the case for people like Ferguson, Hendershot, Schoonmaker. Well, I think the run game is the harder part to learn. You know, yeah. I think, I mean, I, as from a, you know, a, a, a in the classroom type thing, you know, so yeah. the guys that have experience doing that and understand their jobs and then also to understand protections and that sort of thing, you know, those are, those are complicated things that Absolutely. they have to learn. So the more experience they have in the kind of nitty gritty, look, a lot of these guys are great athletes that are big, that can run, that can catch the ball, but, but can you do all the things that, that make what a t- what makes a, a valuable tight end valuable that's yeah. the ability to do all the things because now you're a strategic piece that is on the field that can be deployed anywhere that can do anything that yes. is on the field and now the defense has to guess what your what your job is and that obviously leaves them guessing all the way up to the snap all right Landon, let's uh, let's talk about who we expect to be the starting tight end for the Dallas Cowboys next season all that and more in this episode of Lot Dot Cowboys podcast This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make your way to FanDuel because right now new customers can get a no-sweat first bet 
up to $2,500. That is $2,500 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Now, I know all the playoff action is over with the NHL finals and the NBA finals wrapping up, but there's still a ton to bet on. You can bet on baseball right now. We've got some big UFC fights coming up over the next couple of months. You can even go bet on NFL futures right now, like the Cowboys to win more than nine and a half games this season. There is no better place to bet on all of the action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash on and get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500. That is FanDuel.com slash on. FanDuel, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. This is David Harrison of the Locked On Commanders podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Discover. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welcome back to the Lockdown Cowboys podcast. We are discussing the Dallas Cowboys tight end room going into the 2023 season. Landon, let's just get right to it. Who do you anticipate being the number one tight end for the Dallas Cowboys this year? Well, yeah, that's the the, the question, right? I, I think at this point, the betting man would, would probably put Jake Ferguson's name down. I mean, just that's to be safe, he, yeah. he's the guy that had the most targets. He's the last year that's still on the team. And he's the guy that seems to have the combination of pedigree versus and experience, you know, um, I just think he's the most well-rounded of yeah, the three. Yeah, right? absolutely. And I, and I think he's, he's shown that he's, he's got a level of physicality and, and, as a blocker that he, that he can come in and, and do the job as well. I, I anticipate him taking a huge leap and, and, and I, and it sounds like, you know, whispers are that he, he, he did, took a big leap and he looks really good. Not only that, um, but he's also, I mean, I hate to use the word like reliable because I mean, mm-hmm. that is a lot of his game, mm-hmm. but like he's on the field a lot. Like he played a ton at Wisconsin and didn't miss snaps. And listen, I, I, I just remember the, the Jason Witten story so much with Bill Parcells and kind of how his career started where, Hey, you're playing, right? Like if you're banged yeah. up, I don't care what it, you need to be on the field. You need to be a reliable player. Even though I think Schoonmaker is more talented I got a feeling it's going to be Ferguson that plays the most. Look, I mean, I, I think the big thing here with with uh, Dak is, is is much like Romo, and, and I don't know if this is just this is offense or what it is. The tight end is the security blanket, you know, and so reliability is a big thing here, and and I think that that's an important factor. And I think trust, you know, right. yeah, trust, and I and I think Ferguson right now is a guy that uh, ha- that that he's kind of earned it to a certain degree. He has a ways to go. And I mean, I, I again again this is something we need to keep in mind. Like this, this is not just, Oh, Dalton Schultz's uh, replacement has walked no, in. Not. Like this, no. this has got to all get earned at training camp. And, and Ferguson is still a guy going into his second year. So it's not like any of these guys have earned any kind of strikes. McEwen's the only person that has a long-term relationship with Dak but, Prescott. But, really. but the thing is, it's like Ferguson has played in the most games, right? Yeah, like yeah, he was a, basically a four year yeah. starter at Wisconsin. He was on the field last year. Schoonmaker can't stay healthy. Like I, yeah. I really like the, the talent, but the reason why he's a 25-year-old rookie is because he's missed a lot of time, and he's already missing time with injuries. So 
I, I, I'm with you. I think it's going to be Ferguson. Yeah. I mean, I think eventually, you know, if things go right, Schoonmaker is going to take that job just because you're, I mean, that's the thing. Schoonmaker, he's just a more talented athlete. And I think that he has more big play uh, potential when he gets yep. the, his, the ball. Um, I, I think these, there's lots of reasons that Schoonmaker was a second round pick and, and Ferguson was a fourth round pick. I, I think that, that as it stands right now, Ferguson's experience is a huge, huge benefit because there's, you know, there's not much in that room. So every little bit counts. And, and, and even McEwen, who again is the veteran of the group, he, it's not like he's got any like more career targets than Ferguson no. does at this point. So I, I think that you, you go with the guy that has the most experience and plus the, the pedigree. And, and, and beyond that too, I think there are just things in his background that point to him being ready for this position and is certainly ready to do this with the help from his Robin, the Robin to his Batman and Hendershot and, and McEwen, who is a, obviously a guy they trust. I, I think that's why I, when we talk about the position, we can talk about Ferguson as a starter, but I truly believe even more so than last year, it's going to be tied in by committee in the sense that they're going to need to cobble together this position with the strengths of each one of these four candidates at the position. I agree. Um, I, I think this is going to be a heavy committee, but I do think at some point the Cowboys are going to have to lean into one of these guys or just pick one oh, of sure. them to be kind of the guy that, hey, when we're in 11 personnel, it's this guy as our tight end. And I, yeah. I, I think it's going to be Ferguson this year. I wouldn't be surprised down the road if it's somebody else, maybe the second-round pick that they spent on the guy from Michigan. Yeah. right? But I, if I had to bet right now, I think it's going to be – Ferguson. Now the question is, who's the number two tight end? Let's assume it's Ferguson. Is that a rotating spot or is that a matchup one or is it just who's healthy that week? Yeah, I you know I think it's going to be a matchup one. You know I do think that you've got that's the the benefit of having the guys that you like, right? Is that you can you can use these to create a bunch of different formations and and yep. and, and and use it to attack defenses in a multi- multitude of different ways do you want uh, uh someone who's going to be a seam stretcher then put hendershot out there if, do you want someone who's going to be uh great on a deep cross crossing route maybe then we use schooner maker there uh do we need do we need 12 to line up at 12 personnel and, and knock some butts on the ground maybe you put an offensive lineman in there so you know what i'm saying i i, I yep. think that the 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 twelfth the twelve personnel is the position is the personnel group that I think that you're going to see the most variety in because not only the selections that the choices that you may have uh, uh, at in the tight end room itself you're going to see offensive linemen in there you may yeah. even see a running back lining up a tight end uh, in, in Hunter Lupke so uh, I think that w- there is going to be a lot of variety in that personnel package and, and it's going to be all four of the guys that are in that room plus some other guys who might show up as well. My last question before we kind of move on to what the future of this position looks like. Is there any part of you that would like to see the Cowboys bring in some type of veteran tight end just to have somebody in the the locker room that's played more than like 400 career snaps? Because listen, we, we like Ferguson a lot, but that's a lot to put on a fourth round tight end who has never been into that role. Is there any part of you that wants to go out and just grab somebody to help you kind of get through training camp? You know, if, uh, if there was a, like a Blake bell type that was available, you know, like That's a guy a that I don't think, I don't think Bell's available, but yeah, no, that type, right. But I'm saying that type, you know, like a, a, a big body blocking type who is a veteran. Maybe he's bounced around a little bit, you know, just has some ex- more experience. I mean, 
I think McEwen kind of serves in that role. And I think there's a lot of great chemistry in the, in the room with him. And, and I think that he's beloved in there. Um, but I also think that the one thing that you just pointed out, that there's not a lot of experience here. So just somebody who's played a bunch of NFL snaps, because even, even though McEwen's the veteran of the group, he hasn't played a ton. So yeah. he does, it's not like he's, you know, a, a learned vet. He's still kind of figuring it out, even though he's just a, a little more advanced in age than these guys. So uh, yeah, if, if there was somebody that they could bring in that was, you know, cheap or, or, you know, vet minimum guy that like could come in as a blocker almost exclusively. I, or, I, I'm thinking it, of names like Jesse James who played with the Steelers yeah. and the Lions or Nick Boyle with the Ravens. Yeah. Like some, oh man, Nick uh, Boyle's, Nick Boyle's the name I'm thinking of totally. Yeah. Right. Like Max that Williams. kind of guy. Yeah, Max yeah, Williams, uh, who was with the Cardinals and the Ra- like somebody like that who you're probably not keeping on your 53 man roster, but just gives you somebody with some skins on the wall to, to help these young guys grow. And someone who probably has to, you know, has to be able to play special teams, even yeah. though they're a veteran, yeah. you know. So I, I think those are the kind of guys that that just give this room a little bit of grittiness, some, a little bit more experience. Uh, because yeah. you got all the talent and upside you want. We'll talk about that, obviously, in this next segment here. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's talk about the future of the Cowboys' tight end position. Because on one hand, there's a lot to be excited about on a very cheap salary. On the other hand, still a lot of unknowns. We will get yeah. to that next. Hey, guys. It's Joe Marino. Being around sports media and a fan of the Buffalo Bills for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes – It's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what-if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, and new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery+. Plus. All right, we are back here with our final segment, talking about the Dallas Cowboys tight end position, kind of going into the future. Landon, here are the cap hits for the Cowboys <laughs> tight end position over the next three years, starting in 2023. Okay, uh, it is $2.8 million, $3.1 and then it's like $2.6 million because Peyton Hendershot's cap hit goes down. Uh, so the Cowboys are paying nothing. There's going to be no team in the NFL that is paying their tight ends less money over the next three years than the Dallas Cowboys. That part is exciting. How concerned are you, though, if some of these young guys don't develop? Well, if some of them don't develop, then you're just going to have to <laughs> spend more money there. I you're mean, you have, to, up, right? you have to pay up, right? Yeah. I, 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 look, I, I think they are you know, insulating themselves a little bit by having numbers of the position at this point. But they had numbers of the position that wide receiver last year too, and, and that didn't necessarily help them fully. Now, I think the the key thing here is that you know you're really relying on them to be you know the number one guy, not not yeah. you, you know at the wide receiver position. You had CD Lamb. You were kind of having the, this kind of you know play it by numbers situation for your wide receiver two and wide receiver three position. 
But tight end, like, you know you like these guys. You've seen Ferguson and Hendershot perform. You're expecting them to take big steps. But there's no – there's very little known here at the position, and and, and especially at tight end one. So you're kind of hoping that that if if Hendershot and Ferguson, uh, uh, one of them's knees going to take a big step. Uh, If not, yeah, you're going to be relying on a rookie tight end. Or the un, or the free agent market of, well, of tight I, ends that may be available coming up pretty soon. I, I, if this goes poorly and just nobody develops, I could see one of two things happening next year. Number one is you go out and you sign a tight end. How about Dalton Schultz, who's on a one-year deal, playing with the Texans? Maybe they decide to you know not repay him. Something like I could see something like that. <laughs> but I think what's more likely, because of all the big contracts the Cowboys have coming up. Dak Prescott, CeeDee Lamb, Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs, Terrence Steele, you guys know the names by now. You're almost going to have to just figure it out with these guys because you have to cut back on a couple positions. If you're going to be paying top five money to you know, eight different players on your team, you've got to find somewhere to cut back. They are probably just going to hope that, hey, maybe it didn't work out this year. Let's give these guys a little bit more time. We have them under contract. I kind of get the sense laying in that, this is going to be your tight end room for the next two years. And if after two years it's not working out, that's when you go out and sign somebody. That's when you draft somebody higher in the draft. Oh, they're certainly relying on the position hitting. I mean, you know, look, and I think that, I think that the thing is that they're, they, they're set up well. They have other guys. They they don't aren't going to necessarily rely on a certain type of production from any one of these guys. They have other guys to kind of supplement the production in, like I said, the running back and, and Lupke. Yeah. They have offensive linemen that can come in for blocking needs and stuff. And the area where you feel like they need to perform the most to kind of get your bang for your buck is the area where you feel the most confident in their, these guys' games. It's receiving, right? You feel yes. com- you feel pretty good that Ferguson is a guy that you can get the ball who can maybe break some tackles and make some plays. You've seen him do it in and, 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 and a very small sample size. Hendershot, you feel confident this is a guy who can make some plays down the field for you or at least be sort of reliable in, in, in the passing game. Now, do they need to get better in that game, in that area? Absolutely. But the, the, the reason you're feeling uh, – uh, you know, kind of positive about the position with, you know, despite not having very much known quantities at the position is that the, the, the kind of known quantities you do, you have at, at the individual players skill sets uh, matches up with, with what's most important. So yes. if they can just kind of develop, continue to develop as receivers, look, you know, Ferguson doesn't quite develop as a blocker and you, you need to struggle there get more offensive lineman packages in there, or maybe just more double tight ends. Don't run, don't run at him. You know, there's, there's ways to work around that. But I think the things that you worry about derailing the offense is, would be uh, not having a tight end who can catch the football, you know, or, or not having a tight end who can manage to get open. And I think those are things that we know these guys can do at least on some level. It's just rounding out their games a little bit more. So it's not such a tell, when you have Hendershot on the field that maybe you're throwing yeah. a, a seam route, you know, that's sort of the, the other thing we should remember is the Cowboys have a pretty good track record of developing tight ends. Like we should give them yeah. a little bit of credit for all the tight ends that they've developed over the last decade. And Linda Wells specifically yeah. seems to be a, one of the best coaches on the team. And, and that's say. where it's like, Hey, we've done this four or five other times before. Just let us, you know, give us a little bit of patience here and, uh, and they've earned it, right? Like the, the development of Dalton Schultz, who was a fourth-round pick, who needed a lot of work coming out of Stanford, 
for him to turn into a Pro Bowl caliber tight end, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they do it again. I wouldn't be surprised at all. No, and 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 like I said, it's not a matter of not having the materials. They have, yeah. they have, you know, they have, yeah, they've talented got the dudes. I, I think it's just about getting them the experience they need. Right now, that's really what they need. They need time on the grass, yes. playing with Dak. You know, getting the opportunity to catch footballs in the NFL. That's what they need in order to get better. All right, that is it for today's show. We want to thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen every day podcast is available wherever you get your podcast we are free and available on all platforms uh we want to let you know that we will be off on friday so no podcast but we will have a show on monday we're going to be answering your twitter questions so send them into us uh you can send them to me at marcus underscore Mosier at mccool bcb enjoy your long weekend and we will see you guys next time Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.